Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And today, we are going to talk to Gophers great Daryl Thompson, former Packer. What does he think about this Packer running back room? Is it better than the Vikings? Or does his green and gold not shine as bright as his love for the purple? Because he grew up in Minnesota and Rochester. He also then was recruited to play in Wisconsin and said, nah. I want to be a gopher, and he decided to do that. So let's see what he thinks about these gophers running backs because he was a former NFL running back, played for the Packers, but where is his, his heart lie? Is he more analytical, or is he going to go with his heart and just, oh, I love my Vikings? And we're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. Why? He's always getting disrespected. Stay tuned and find out why. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions. Big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Before we bring Sam Ekstrom in, before we jump into the, the conversation, I just want to let you know, we're going to have Daryl Thompson on in the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. He has a lot to say about gopher football, about P.J. Fleck and Jerry Kill. He fi everybody's finally starting to see what they saw from an analyst perspective because he was at the game in the booth and he got to see it. He got to be in the interview room after. So he really got a chance to see between the two, Jerry Kill and, and P.J. Fleck. Where are we at with that? And then he's going to talk about the Gophers running back room because, I mean, he was a former Gophers running back. But he's also going to talk Vikings Packers running backs. Who is better? And Daryl Thompson is going to let us know about that. But before we jump into that, we gotta, I got to tell you, Kirk Cousins is getting, he's getting snubbed. He's getting snubbed again. Uh, it's just one of those things where, where he's going to be disrespecting to Kevin O'Connell. can really put his hands on him. And I, I, I'm not saying it's disrespect because we'll, we'll talk about the other quarterbacks they have ranked in front of him. But before we do that, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk during the football season. It's free and available on LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Minnesota or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about all the shows on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Well, as we jump into this Aaron Rodgers disrespectful conversation, I got to bring in my uh, producer, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, what's the question of the day? All right. TheRinger.com ranked all the quarterbacks. Now, we've seen myriad rankings throughout this offseason, Ron. We've talked about all of them, and usually Kirk Cousins winds up somewhere in the middle. He is ranked number 15 amongst quarterbacks. Now, you're going to probably get into this, Ron. It is curious some of the guys they have in front of him, including Trevor Lawrence, number 14. Mm -hmm. That one I haven't seen before. But Aaron Rodgers, the adversary this Sunday, he is ranked number one on the list above Mahomes, above Brady, above Burrow, um, above Russell Wilson. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So I got to thinking, how can we reframe this argument? Uh, Rogers is one, Cousins is 15. Ron, where do you think those rankings are going to fall after we've gone through the season and after we see what plays out in 2022? Is it still going to be Cousins 15 and Rogers one, or are those rankings going to be changing? I think the rankings are going to change. Uh, this is why. So when you look at what they say about him, maybe the greatest system QB of this era. So meaning when he's in a system that works, he is one of the greatest QBs out there. Can he fit in with Lamar uh, Jackson's system? No. Uh, would he fit in with a Josh Allen system? Probably not. 
But Kevin O'Connell, I think, when you see what they did with Matthew Stafford, they had Jared Goff. They were able to make Jared Goff a Super Bowl quarterback. They actually then took Matthew Stafford and won a Super Bowl. So they understand, and he understands, how to build a quarterback up and get him into the position that works best for him because they did it for Jared Goff with the Rams, and then Jared Goff goes to the Lions. And, I mean, come on now. So for better or for worse is the comment. But you look at the accuracy, almost 90% accuracy. Arm talent, I think they disrespected him at 74. Creativity, I think they're dead on. He, he hasn't been creative. But also, has that been because of how he mentally has been taught? Has he not been able to be creative? Uh, you look at the decision-making, 88, so almost 90. Pocket presence, 88, almost 90. Pre-snap, 76. Again, pre-snap, was he able to even do stuff that he saw pre-snap? So I look at pre-snap and creativity, and I got to take those out. That's why I think it's going to go up, because when you see the creativity coming up now that he feels like my coach is not going to be mad at me if I make a mistake, uh, when you look at his pre-snap where my coach says, hey, if you see something, change it, call it, throw it, throw it, throw a smoke over to Justin Jefferson if you see it. I don't care. Like, just get out of the bad play. Um, deepest angles of size. They say Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, as painful it is to admit. See, right there, they started out as a hater. Like, that's hating right there. Like, the whole – like, after that, I don't want to read it no more. Like, I don't need to read it anymore because you said as painful as that is to admit. Like, that's just that's just what Kirk Cousins has gotten. Like, he's – that people hate for no reason. Like, after that, do I really want to read the rest of this? Because you're hating from the start. It's yeah. time Sounds we like all agree on Sounds like something I could have written, Ron. Exactly. That's what I – I feel like you sent me this article and you wrote it. Uh, but the typical <laughs> criticism of him – are still valid. He doesn't create much offense of his own. How? How was he going to create offense of his own? Like, literally, Mike Zimmer had a ruler to smack his hand every time he came off the sideline. Like, no. Like, he, the guy said in a press conference, oh, those are not my – because people are like, why would you call a timeout? You, you looked up and saw the – those aren't my timeouts to use. That's what he said. Those aren't my timeouts to use. So, like, that right there just shows that they did not let Kirk Cousins do what he wanted to do. Um, is that we've seen Joe Flacco win a ring, so there's no reason why Kirk can't lead a stacked team to a Super Bowl. I just wouldn't want to be the franchise that pays him to try. Again, more hate on top of hate. Like, his biggest strength, pocket presence. His biggest weakness, creativity. Creativity is not a weakness. Creativity is something that a coach says, don't do it. Like, think about your kids, how creative they could be if you said, hey, here's some paint. I don't care what you do to my house. Just go do it. They could get super good. But if you say, hey, draw on that paper, and you better not go outside that line, and you better not get it on my carpet, you better not get it on your clothes, like, they're not going to be super creative. They're going to be like, all right, let me make sure I stay inside the lines. I don't want to mess this up because mom's going to be mad if I get paint on the table. Like, that's what you get. When you say, put on a white T-shirt, go outside, here's some cardboard, just go crazy on this art project, then you come, they come back in the house with, like, a ridiculous art project. Kirk Cousins hasn't been able to paint. Like, he hasn't. He's been he's had to color inside the lines with a pencil that he can erase when he makes a mistake. Like that's that's where I see Kirk Cousins going now that it's like, hey, dude, go be Picasso. Go paint. Like, go out there. Go do something. That's what Kevin O'Connell wants. He's like, I don't want to have to tell you what to do. I want to help you through this process. And that's what I feel like as a former quarterback and a former quarterback's coach who won a Super Bowl, that they're gonna get out of Kirk Cousins. But when I go up to other things, so you look at uh David Carr, um, talented quarterback. Uh, he just needs to live a little. Like his accuracy is lower than Kirk Cousins. His arm talent is lower than Kirk Cousins. His creativity is the same. It's just making it lower. His pocket presence is lower. His pre-snap is 92. Why? Because 
They barely had a coach half the time. And so his pre-snap is high. So how are you lower in every metric, but you're higher ranked? Like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't know what if something's double weighted or what. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, generational talent. Creativity, 80. So we'll see what that is. Again, I don't think they ever had an offense. Decision making, lower than Kirk Cousins. Pocket presence, lower than Kirk Cousins. And his pre-snap is lower than Kirk Cousins. But he's ranked higher. How? His hair, because he reminds us of Sunshine from, remember the Titans with Denzel Washington? Like, come on now. Like, what are we doing here? Um, Matt Ryan, that old dude getting buckets at the YMCA pickup game. That's what they said. He is a good NFL quarterback, but his accuracy is lower. His arm talent is lower. His decision-making is higher. His pocket presence is the same, and his pre-snap is 90 freaking six. Like, how do you know that? Like, you don't know what the call was called before the snap. Like, I don't get, I mean, I guess they may be interviewing people. No, like, come on. So that that's where I, I get a little bit, uh, like Matthew Stafford, yep, he deserves to be up there. Kyler Murray, I, I still don't know about that one, but he's athletic. Joe Burrow, yep, I agree. Lamar Jackson, I agree. Dak is always one that throws me off, but we'll see. I think he's benefited from a great team, great running back, great line. Uh, Russell Wilson, I agree, agent of chaos. Um, Josh Allen, yep. Tom Brady, yep. Justin Herbert, yeah. It's good. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not saying the list is not right. I'm saying it's good. I just think Kirk Cousins should be up to like number 12. I think Kirk Cousins is, is way too low. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence should be below Kirk Cousins. The, the numbers say it alone. Like you got Kirk Cousins at 81.7, Trevor Lawrence at 81.8. Ooh. And then all of a sudden Derek Carr is 83.4, and then you got Matt Ryan 83 or 84.9. Like, come on now. 81. 0.7 is lower than 81.8 because of something that you really don't know pre-snap and uh you're giving this guy creativity which who knows and you're giving his um arm talent a lot 92 that's what put him ahead of Kirk Cousins so you're putting his arm talent and this is where I go with that you're saying Trevor Lawrence's arm talent is pretty much the same as Matthew Stafford BS it's pretty and it's better than Joe Burrow like, uh, yeah. So that's where I go with that. I don't agree with it. He's being disrespected, Sam. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Once again, I think that some of the criticisms are valid. Some of the, the numbers that are in the story are kind of arbitrary, like the pre-stab snuff. That's, that's definitely just one person sort of making it up as they go along. It's really hard to measure. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence being in front of him is ridiculous. Matt Ryan is ridiculous too. Derek Carr, I'm I'm higher on Derek Carr than some people, but Matt Ryan has had like three or four terrible years. Horrible. Yep. He's he's older, he's declining. Maybe at his peak he would have been number twelve. He's not number twelve now. I mean, I I guess there's a chance at rejuvenation in the Colt system, but I am actually like I can say nice things about Kirk Cousins, Ron. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. I, I call it like I see it. I think he's better than Lawrence, I think he's better than Ryan. Um, I, I, I don't think 15 is high enough for him. How about that? How's that? Are you happy with me? <laughs> a little bit. You're going to come over to the other <laughs> side. I, like once Kevin O'Connell gets his hands on Kirk Cousins in this first game, that's, that's why at 325, like I'm excited. I haven't been excited to watch a game live in a while. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this game mm -hmm. on Sunday because I just, I, I truly feel like there's going to be fireworks. Like there's going to be 
uh, good or bad. I don't know. Maybe there'll be fireworks shooting himself in the foot. Uh, we'll see. But I'm excited to see what Kirk Cousins can do because he hasn't done anything all offseason. He hasn't really thrown in any live situations besides the 49ers, but you can't hit him in those. Uh, so I'm excited. But I'm a little bit more excited to sit down with my guy, Daryl Thompson. I'm looking forward to it. Daryl is, I mean, Daryl just, he, he knows running backs. He talks about them a lot on TV. He talks about them on the radio. So I'm really looking forward to that. But before we jump into the Daryl Thompson conversation, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all the videos of all our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Please like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Viking talk, uh, Vikings talk from local experts. And if you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, what are you doing? You got to get your hands on some cookie dough chunk puffs from Built Bar, the light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, 100% real chocolate, only 160 calories, and a whopping 15 grams of protein in these Built Bar cookie dough chunk puffs. They are so delicious, and they are covered in collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. You're absolutely going to love this snack. Uh, you can buy a bunch for your family or you can hoard them for yourself, but it's the perfect protein bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. Coming up on the Ron Johnson Show, hanging out with Ron Johnson today, we, we kind of double duty this one. Uh, we have a guy running back, Daryl Thompson, play with the Packers. So we're going to talk a little Packers-Vikings, but he also played for the Gophers, of course, Best Gophers running back in uh, Gophers statistical running back history. Daryl, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks for having me, Ron. I appreciate it. So, let's jump out there right away. Gophers kind of ran away with this uh, New Mexico State game. Uh, I just had P.J. Fleck on the P.J. Fleck Show last night. And his biggest takeaway was, of course, there's always things they could do better. Um, he said that the defense only played 33 snaps, so tough to really get a gauge on how they're going to completely be. But they have stuff they can work on. But we didn't want to. We didn't want to do it. We 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 thought about asking about Jerry Kill, but we left it alone. But after the Jerry Kill handshake, the long conversation, uh, do you think we finally can put this to bed and Jerry Kill can move on? Yeah, I think so. I think it's time for um, it to move on. I think it's time for Jerry Kill to move on from um, you know just the some of the negative um, comments he said. So I just feel like it's time for all of us to move on, and hopefully we can hopefully we can do that, especially after last weekend and. Um, you know, Coach Fleck had nothing but good things to say about, um, you know, Coach Kill from him being on his staff back when he was just got out of the NFL to, um, you know, he, I appreciate everything he did and laying the foundation. You know, so I think he was, I'd say more than a gentleman about it. You know, I'm sure he could have, he could have gone down the tunnel and started playing games, but he did. So I like it. Yeah. And so when you look at that game, though, 38 to nothing, there was no doubt in anybody's mind who the better team was. In the third quarter, P.J. Flex started running the four-minute offense where he was taking time off the clock, taking time before running the next play. Um, he even said on the P.J. Flex show, he said, you know what, I could have run the score up, but I didn't. Uh, he said, but I also couldn't let my freshman quarterback uh, get in there and not have an opportunity to just run our offense. Um, so when you hear stuff like that, when he says he could have run the score up, but he didn't, um, it, it, have we not even seen – what this offense truly can be? Uh, you know what? I think we saw some of it, especially in the first quarter round. I mean, I, I love that he opened up the, the the first two plays of the game. He put the ball in the air. You know, give Chris Ottman Bell an opportunity to uh, to catch the ball and, uh, you know, make a play, you know, and then on the next place, uh, the other um, young receiver gets an opportunity as well. So I think that there's, 
certainly some things we haven't seen and maybe a little bit more, but uh, I, I think that we have a good idea what they can do. And I look forward to seeing a lot more of it. Yeah. And, and looking at PJ Fleck, Jerry kill. Now we're, we're done with that. We're moving on. We're moving completely on. Yeah. Uh, now you have more eyebrow back. And PJ said this world showed him what a player's really worth because he said when Mo got hurt, you saw NIL deals go away. Uh, you saw people that, that were asking for his services were no longer reaching out for him anymore. Um, what can a guy like Mo, because you were in that position as a running back going to the NFL, what can a guy like Mo learn from being hurt, um, not off the field or not on the field, but more so off the field, like how, how he was seen, how he was treated? Um, you know, what, what is this? I mean, it's a business. We get that. But what can Mo have learned from this offseason? Well, you know, I think we all go there eventually. You know, hopefully Mo has an opportunity to play in the NFL, and I think he will. He's a very, very good running – he's a great running back. He's not a very good running back. He's a great running back. He's going to have an opportunity to play in the NFL, and eventually um, the NFL kind of stands – not kind of – stands for not for long besides National Football League. So there's going to be a time where you become invisible, where you become hurt, and that's happened. But I think it also gives you an appreciation for what you have and teaches you the importance of taking care of your body resting recuperation i don't think it had anything to do with him getting injured last year i think it was just a freak accident the achilles is like it's time for me to go and it went and uh, he spent a whole year rehabbing it and he's ready to roll now but i believe that when you're injured you appreciate when you're healthy a lot more after you're injured and i think that's what he's going to take out of it most wrong yeah and so chris altman bell you talked about that dalen Wright, 38 to nothing new mexico state gophers get the easy victory western illinois coming up when you look at Western Illinois, is there anything from this team and not never, never to take anything away from a team because look at Bowling Green when they came in here, was there anything from this team that Gopher fans should be worried about? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're a team that, you know, a lot like what, uh, what coach kill came in here many, many years ago, coach flex coming here. They're a team that says, you know what, this is their big game. This is their opportunity to come in here, knock off a big dog, see if they can, you know, do a reverse, a punt, interception, um, some something to get some momentum going their way and to get us back on our heels. We've got to be fundamentally sound, play fast, pay attention to our keys, and realize that every single play matters when you play like that. And I feel like that's how I feel like we were playing against New Mexico State. I didn't feel like there was any letdown. There was complete focus offensively and defense. The, the speed, the discipline was extremely, and particularly, I know there was only 33 plays on, on defense, Ron, but the plays that were on defense were fundamentally sound, they played with speed, even the interception at the end of the game. You know, he got back on top of him on his route tree. Hey, you know what? I'm going to, you know, we're going to a little bump. I'm going to go get this ball. We're going to seal this game up. So it was really the discipline of the defense from the pass rush to the underneath coverage to the, you know, when they took a shot in the end zone. All those pieces were very, very impressive to me. Yeah. And the Gophers, again, 38 to nothing over New Mexico State. Now they turn around and they have to play Western Illinois. Uh, and then we have Colorado, which I think that's what everyone's looking forward to. Mike Sanford Jr. coming back into the building. Uh, I don't think there'll be an issue with a handshake there. Uh, but maybe Kirk Sharaka, Mike Sanford Jr., we can create some kind of buzz around that. When you look at, let's fast forward and let's transition. Let's transition into the NFL. Now you play for the Packers, 60 games. Uh, what are some of your border battle memories? Because you went from a gopher versus Wisconsin, and then you were on the other side, Packer versus Viking. Uh, what are some of your memories as a as a Packer coming back to Minnesota? Kind of like, ah, you know, I'm not the, and, and you know, and was it, were you still the hometown favorite or were people like, oh, no, he's a Packer now? 
You know, it was weird. It was a really weird thing because, um, you know, grow up, you know, a Minnesota Viking fan. I'm a kid. I grew up here in Minnesota and Leo Lewis and, and Carl Eller. And, you know, I met some of those guys when I was in college, Joey Browner, um, uh, DJ Dozier. Um, so all those guys were kind of friends of mine and they took me under their wing a little bit. But when I got drafted by the Packers, um, things were different. In the first game, they congratulated me on being in the NFL when I played against them. I did score my very first touchdown against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings at, uh, at County Stadium in Milwaukee where the Packers don't play any longer. So it was always fun for me to play against the, play against not Minnesota, but to play against the Vikings <laughs> because it was my it was my hometown team that I grew up and I knew you know probably a handful of guys on the team that I either worked out with or been around or seen them around in the offseason or in the summer times and pieces like that. Then it was always the Bears. The Bears was our big um the big rival. The Bears and the Vikings are the two big rivals for the for the Packers and they they probably always will be. And now the Packers come into the building. You got Aaron Rodgers, who's immunized, who admitted purposefully I lied to the media because uh, I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with what Kirk Cousins dealt with, which I don't think Kirk Cousins dealt with a lot. I think he was honest, and then we moved on. Uh, do you think Aaron Rodgers uh, should have handled it the way Kirk Cousins handled that topic? Oh, absolutely. I think he could handle it. I think it was very, very um, un uh, – just it wasn't truthful the way it was handled. It just wasn't – I said, well, I – it's, it was a long answer, and I was like, didn't. And then I kind of just moved on, and I was like, so, okay, he must be, he must, maybe he got a shot. I don't, I don't, and I'm just like, whatever, want to get a shot? Get a shot. You don't want to get a shot? Don't get a shot. Just don't tell me or leave me on to think that you got a shot. You know, so it is what it is. You know, he's young, he's very healthy, he can, he's got multiple supplements he can take. I'm sure he's taking tremendous care of himself. So that, those aren't the people I'm really worried about. It's kind of, you know, it's the old people, the frail people, or the immunocompromised people. That's what I'm, I'm concerned about. So, um, right. But it was it was misleading. His uh, his statement was extremely misleading and long. It was a long misleading statement. <laughs> it was it was uh, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook. Does it feel like the Vikings now have the edge over the Packers on paper? Because usually it was always kind of either head to head or the Packers just were better. Without Devontae Adams, do you think that brings the, them back to the pack now? Oh, you know it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I have a. I really, really, I think like anyone, I think, you know, there's, there's Tom Brady, there's Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. and then there's the rest of the guys, you know, these guys yep. are, you know, they're playing chess when the other people are playing, you know, checkers or, you know, playing, you know, just kind of playing games. So I got, I have a, a tremendous amount of confidence. I think everyone does in Aaron Rodgers as a football mm -hmm. player. So yep. that to me is still gives them, but I think without Devontae Adams, it's a, it's a tremendous, he is one of the prettiest route runners I've ever seen, you know, just, he makes it look easy. Everything he does, you know, from his release to the way he catches the ball, the way he moves, he runs after the catch. All those things are, are phenomenal. So he's a, he's a big loss. So we'll have to see how the Packers can replace him. But I do think that it is, it does give Kirk Cousins an edge at home, especially with, with Justin and Thielen and, you know, all the other um, options that he has here. And when you look at Devondre Campbell, Devondre Campbell, former gopher, so I'm rooting for him, always have been, uh, $50 million after being a free agent. Like nobody, I mean, any team in the country could have picked him up and no team reached out to him for a couple of weeks. Then all of a sudden the Packers make like a last ditch, like, hey, well, yeah, I did coach this guy with the Cardinals. Let's bring him in and see what he can do. And all of a sudden now he's like a top 50 player in the NFL, not linebacker, top 50 player. He's one of the top 10 linebackers now in the NFL. Uh, why do you think that happens where there's guys that really are good, but they just end up on the street somehow and, until another team finds a way to use them? 
Well, sometimes it's the system they're in, or sometimes it's just the, the the coach that they're working with. They don't they don't quite click, or maybe there's an injury, or sometimes a little bit like you know we had Ortiz here with the with the Twins. He went mm -hmm. to the you know went to the Red Sox. He became one of the best players to ever play professional baseball. Not the best players, but a phenomenal player all time. Got paid a lot of money. And I think Devondre might have gone through that same piece. You know, he was with the with the um you know with Atlanta playing well, but he's like you know what. Things didn't quite work out. They got released. Maybe they drafted someone else. I don't know the whole situation, but he mm -hmm. was out on the street for a little bit. But he also took advantage of his opportunity when he got back to the to the Packers. He came yeah. and he played extremely well. You know, and he so to me, it's like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He got the fifty million, so he deserves yep. the fifty million dollars. Oh yeah, you know. So I'm I'm totally cool with that. I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him, and I'm it's exciting that he is, uh, you know, that he's one of the leaders on that team. And I think he's gonna um, finish his career out there uh, very very well. Yeah, no, when he was on the street, the minute they cut him, I said that I tweeted, I'm going to find that tweet. I said the Vikings need to get him. And Vikings fans argued with me that, no, nah, I mean, you don't want a guy like that. Like, I'm like, yes, you do. He's better than Anthony Barr when it comes to playing true linebacker. And I didn't know this 3-4 was coming. But then once I saw that, like I saw that they brought in uh, Dom Capers. And that was Mike Zimmer. I'm like, Don Capers runs a 3-4 defense. So why not bring in a, a, a tweener backer who can play outside and middle and play the mo and the mic. And so I, I called it. I called the shot. I knew he'd be good um, just from his size, his speed. When you watch the tape, I mean, he played against the Vikings with the Falcons. He, he looked really good in space with a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's one of the best running backs out there. And if you can stay with Dalvin Cook step for step, you're one of the best linebackers out there. But again, you're right. I think there, it's coaching. You know, the coach, the Falcons coaches were getting fired. You got the Cardinals coaches who were kind of in turmoil, figuring out their money situation. Uh, it could have been money. Like maybe he wanted, you know, a lot. And they're like, ah, we don't want to offer you $50 million. Uh, and the Packers found a way. Uh, they got rid of Devontae Adams, which freed up a ton of cash for them, uh, which they gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of it. I think over $300 million. And then they gave Devontae Campbell 50 So, no, I think he definitely deserved it. I wish the Vikings had got him because they brought in Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is good, but I think Devontae Campbell would have been a better fit and a better piece in that 3-4 defense. Um, but we have to move on. That's the that's spilled milk, and we can't cry over it. Uh, Daryl, last one before we get out of here. Uh, so we were at the Gophers volleyball game, and you support all Gophers sports, but I know your, your daughter played volleyball, so you, you've been – your wife played volleyball, so you were a, a volleyball – your sister played volleyball at Iowa as well. So you're just – you're a volleyball guy. Uh, but when you look at – go for sports in situations like that where these games are selling out but it's not a ton of like talk about it and we were sitting there like man these are some great athletes what do you think is going to take for college football or sorry college sports for this title nine to really start to kick it into gear to realize these volleyball girls are very marketable <clears throat> these softball girls are very marketable that's a tough question you know i think it's going to take a lot of things number one it's going to take winning it's going to take success and it's going to take a commitment from the corporate community to be like you know what I want to support um, Paige Bilkers. I want to support mm -hmm. uh, Booth, the young lady that plays volleyball for the University of Minnesota, Lindsey Whalen. Those, the corporate community needs to get behind, um, you know, some of these people and maybe a little bit early, you know, just yeah. to, to waiting until they're completely successful is not always the case. It needs to happen. So it feels like to me, it would need to come from the corporate community where they say, you know what, we're going to get behind these, um, these young uh, ladies, just like we get behind the young men and um, support them just like we do because there's advertising dollars, there's marketing dollars that can be associated and attached to them. So to, to me, I feels, it feels like that would be the way for us to, um, to move the needle forward because really it comes down at the end of the day to, um, to dollars and to that corporate community needs to support the, um, the young ladies the same way they support the young men. And I lie, you know, just like any coach, 
I say one last 110. You got one more. Uh, before we jump into the daily three, Daryl, I got one more question for you. College football switched to 12 teams in 2026 is the is the thought. P.J. Fleck, again, he talked about it on the P.J. Fleck show uh, yesterday with, with me and uh, Pierre and Justin Gard. And he was like, look, for Minnesota, I love it. He's like, a couple years ago, 2019, we would have been in the mix. Like, we were right up there in that top 12, top 15 conversation. So we would have been able to play in. Uh, if we had beat, I think they, had, they would have had to beat like Wisconsin that year or something or Iowa, and they, they'd be in it. They'd be in the top 12. Uh, what do you right. think about that now going to 12? Oh, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting. There's things to figure out just as far as uh, the bowl games and the revenue yep. because it is fun. You know, you get an opportunity to you get extra practices. I'm never excited about extra practices. I'm excited about extra games <laughs> and a bowl game and a travel and all that type of stuff. So, but the, um, the, the, the piece for the young men to have to 12 teams versus like now it's, it's tough really really tough when you only got like 14 but if you can expand to 12 so then then everyone's got an opportunity um you know the the smaller conference teams and non-power yep. five teams you know we could they might have two or maybe even three teams in there and you get some of the um that second level out of the um out of the big 10 and uh, you know in mm -hmm. the sec so i think it's i think it's a great thing yeah because boise state beat oklahoma that year i mean it can happen like the gophers beat auburn uh, so you just never really, and that was the year PJ's talking about with Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman. Uh, like they were good enough to beat most of the SEC teams, probably other than Alabama, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019. But I mean, they beat Auburn. So I, I definitely agree with it. I like it. He said the same thing you just said, though. It's funny. He said the same exact thing. He said, we got to protect some of these bowl games. Uh, he said, we got to protect the players uh, as well. And again, Overtime. One last one, Daryl. Mental Health Awareness Week for the Gophers. Uh, PJ Fleck is going to bring in Rachel uh, Balboa again. She's going to. She's been talking to the team for the last six years. Uh, we've seen a lot of players, like Stanford had a player athlete um, commit suicide. You've seen a couple other schools have kids. A mom from Iowa commented on the Gophers page when PJ announced uh, that he was doing the Mental Awareness Week that her son had committed suicide at Iowa. Um, wh why is this mental health becoming more important? Uh, it's always been important, but I think now it's good that coaches are calling out. But why is it becoming more important now? Well, I think because people are realizing after you you lose a life, and I think with social media and with our, our current climate um, uh, politically and everything else, what we've seen uh, down in Texas, with the uh, the young man that, uh, you know, uh, shot and killed those kids inside the school, that there we need to be aware that there are people that need, that have mental health issues. So I, I just... I can't speak loud enough from what I do on a daily basis with the organization I run, Boulder Options, that uh, mental health is um, a real issue that our country needs to realize is important. So uh, Coach Fleck and the other um, schools and teams and people like yourself and broadcasters, bringing attention and awareness to it is very, very important. So I, I just, I can't speak enough about the importance of bringing awareness to mental health. And sometimes somebody might need a break or that might need to go talk to someone about a situation versus stuffing it down inside. Then it squirts out somewhere where we all see um, something terrible happen. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of kids just transfer and go home. They call it homesickness. There was a lot of things I think where we could probably look back on the eighties and nineties and early two thousands and say, you know, that probably was just mental health. Um, and we chalked it up to drinking too much or we chalked it up to a bad kid or we chalked it up to, you know, ADD. They can't pay attention. Like it's, it's probably something else going on, anxiety or something they don't know. Um, and yeah, it, it is one of those things, but I'm glad PJ Flex is going to call it out, you know, and continue to, to push the envelope. He said, it's not, it's, he said, it's okay to not be okay. He also said, you sometimes can be okay and still want to talk to somebody. He said, you know, he's like, we, we need to take the stigma away that it has to be something wrong in order to want help. 
and also we have to take the stigma away that it's it's wrong to like not be mentally there like i am not okay right now i'm either exhausted my family had a you know somebody died in my family so on and so forth and he's allowing players to as he calls it remove their armor come in with the coaches and people they can trust and other players maybe if they don't trust a coach come to a player and just open up and then eventually hope you know hopefully it can heal because when it's time to put that armor back on you're not worried you're not somewhere else mentally and i think even tom brady i think we're we we forget about that you know he said i'm 45 and and, and stuff happens expletive um hey at 45 yeah it's a lot going on with kids wife family like tom brady looked like he needed 11 day break to just get his life back together for a little bit and uh we forget that we we sometimes think it's all about this sport and we're supposed to be warriors and it is what it is but now is the time I love. We're going to have Daryl Thompson stick around with me on the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. I'm going to take a minute 30. Daryl's going to take a minute 30. But before we jump into that, do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Catch Luke Braun and Sam Ekstrom after every Vikings game. Hopefully a win. And then let's catch Brandon Warren and Nash Walker recapping every Twins game because it's getting crazy. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. It's that time. Sam, take it away. Um, I got three questions here. It's kind of a mix of Packers, Vikings, Gophers, Badgers. Uh, starting with which NFL team has the superior running back room? The Vikings, Cook and Madison, or the Packers? with Jones and Dylan. Ron, we'll, we'll let you lead, and then, Daryl, you can uh, give your two cents. Mm. Ooh, that's tough. I, I can't say a tie. So this is where I'll give the slight edge. I got to give the slight edge to the Packers. And the only reason why is they're 1A, they have a 1A and 1B. I feel like the Vikings have a 1 and a 2. And when you have a 1A and 1B, um, it, it gives you a little bit more. I mean, you see they drafted a guy early. Aaron Rodgers at the time wasn't happy. You know, he wanted to draft a receiver, uh, but he, they drafted a running back, and it worked out. Matt LaFleur was like, look, I saw what the 49ers are doing. I see how they're using multiple running backs to just drain the clock out, kill teams, physically beat them up, and then throw the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo every once in a while. And, the, and Matt LaFleur is like, you know what? I got a really good quarterback. So if I can do the same thing, my quarterback can actually win games. Um, so I got to give it to the Packers because Dalvin Cook is one better than both of those guys. But Alexander Madison to me, I wouldn't take him over A.J. Dillon. And I think that's where, so, you know, if I were to rank those four, I would go one, two, three, four. One Dalvin uh, and then the two Packers running backs in there and then Alexander Madison. And so because of that, it's a five plus. If you do the math, it's five and five. It's even. But I got to give the edge to the fact that either one of the two Packers running backs could be a 1A situation. I, I don't really feel like Madison is ever truly, at least not right now, he's never really shown he can completely be the one. It's always been like, oh, we missed that hole. Oh, he didn't do this route. Oh, he he missed this read. And maybe it's with repetition. Maybe repetition, he can get better and, and get more of that game speed. But no, I got to go with the Packers. Oh my, that was a lot, Ron. A lot of mathematics involved with that and everything else. I'm I'm simple and clean, man. I'll tell you, um, I like the Vikings running back room. You know, I like Cook. I like Madison. I think Madison, if he was given an opportunity to do more, he'd be able to do more. But I really do feel like it's it's Delvin Cook's job, his speed, his acceleration, his ability to read. And I think he is a I think he's one of the top, I don't know, probably 
five running backs in NFL. So to me, mm -hmm. I think you got that. And I think with, with Madison, you have um, what you need in your backup. And I think he, if need be, he can carry a little bit more water. And I look, I do think that the, the Packers have, they have talent in that backfield, but I don't, I don't think they have the same level of talent they have at the, at the Vikings level. So for me, the, uh, the Vikings would be number one, actually by a, a good piece. And then the, uh, the Packers would be number two. So mm, um, okay. that's what, that's what I want to ride with. I'll leave a couple extra seconds on the clock for Sam. Yeah. I think that the Vikings, if you include even their, their deeper depth, like their three with Ken A. Wangwu and Ty Chandler, the rookie looks really good at number four. I think the Vikings actually have better depth all the way down. Um, I probably would have actually sided with Ron if we were just, taking the top two from each I for, for the same reasons Ron said I just think that Dylan is a really high-end backup um so I might have leaned Packers but I I like that there's a little bit of uh disagreement there so that's good you know Let's what but Daryl's like Daryl's like what he said I, that's where I was kind of leaning but I can't do it I had to pick one but yeah I think Madison can carry it. I just don't feel like they they're going to give him the opportunity at least hopefully if Dalvin Cook stays healthy but you know I I that's a tough one that's a tough question yeah uh, here's another tough question. Um, let's talk rivalries. Which is the bigger rivalry, Vikings-Packers or Gophers-Badgers? Um, and remember, Gophers-Badgers, that could be other sports too, not just football. But uh, let's go right. with Daryl first this time. Vikings-Packers or Badgers-Gophers. Oof, that is a tough one. I might lean towards the um, the Badgers and the Gophers being a, a bigger rival. So, and I don't, you know, I guess I've been lucky enough to play in, um, you know, both of those games. I do feel like that, that rivalry with the, with the acts, the intensity, the history of the game really, really makes it a, an exciting game. It means a lot. And I, the piece I think about is when I was getting recruited, I got recruited by Wisconsin. Wisconsin wasn't very good then, but they came after me um, really hard. They were really excited about the potential of me being, a, you know, a, a Badger running back. It didn't work out at all. I'm, I'm really glad I ended up I'm coming here. But I feel like that, to me, being recruited there, all those pieces make it um, – that would be the number one rivalry. So I think the Viking Packer would be number two and the uh, the Badger Gulf will be number one. Ooh. I'm going to uh, – so I, I'm going to say football only. So if we're talking football. Let's go football. Mm -hmm. The only reason I'm going to say Vikings Packers is because they've made a battle of it the last couple of years. I'd say in the last PJ Fleck era, Gophers Badgers for sure, no doubt. But I have to go back and look at Brewster and, and what that looked like and then kind of towards the end of Mason. And the Badgers fans even say it's not even a rivalry. Like we won it 15 out of whatever times. And so I, I, I lean towards Vikings Packers. Uh, because they have, it is one of those games where you don't know who's going to win for a while with Badgers Gophers. It just seemed like the Badgers just had it. Um, oh, that's a tough one, but I do like the fact that like the axe, like that is like the biggest trophy ever. So, you know, what? I talk myself into, I got to go Gophers Badgers for the axe. Like the axe makes that a true rivalry. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the Packers have so many other rivals when you look at the NFC because uh, you got the 49ers in them with the playoffs. You got the Seahawks in them with the playoffs. Um, whereas the Vikings for a while, you know, they just weren't getting there. Like it, it was like hit, hit or miss. 2009, I think, Brett Favre. Uh, was that 2008 or, or 2014 or 15 or something like that with Diggs? I can't remember which one that was or 16 even. Uh, but the miracle year. So, yeah, there's there's been hit or misses. But I got to go. You know, I'm going to go Gophers Badgers. Gophers Badgers. 
I'm going to do it. Um, I think the axe really, really bring, has brought it out. And PJ has made it a battle now the last four years. Yeah, I, I think you're right about the history and the axe and all the emotion around it. To me, though, it just feels bigger when it's Vikings-Packers. And maybe it's because you've got familiar faces on both sides. College players are changing all the time, but it's always been Rodgers on one side, you know, the Vikings on the other side, Kirk Cousins for the last five years. You just get to know the people in the rivalry so much better. So for me, it's football, but I'll take your word, words for it because you guys both played in that Gophers-Badgers rivalry. Um, and in Daryl's case, I mean, come on, it, what, well. Tanner Morgan's been here for six years. Chris Hotman bells hey, been here six years. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, Muhammad oh, Ibrahim is uh, his six years. So yeah, we got we have some guys that have been around. We got some seniority. Yep, that's that's very true. Very true. Last one. More likely to win their division, Vikings or Gophers? Start with Ron Johnson this time. <sighs> hmm. And we're talking division. Okay. So we're talking. Are we talking the West yeah. for the Gophers? We're talking the West. Yeah, not the whole Big okay. Ten, just the West. Okay. So the West. I am going to have to go with uh, the Gophers, though. Like I got to go with the Gophers. I think when you look at Wisconsin, Iowa, you look at Mo Ibrahim if he can stay healthy. Uh, you got Kirk Sharaka back, and that offense looks good. The defense is flying around. Mariano Sori Marin uh, looks good. You got the DBs who are all. I mean. Justin Wiley is playing lights out right now, even though it was New Mexico State, but he, he, like, he looked really good last year as a freshman. Uh, so I feel like the Gophers can win the West. I, I feel like it's going to be a three-headed monster. It's going to be Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, and it's going to come down to who can – and they don't have to win every game. They just have to win more than one of the other two teams, and I feel like the Big Ten is going to cannibalize itself some way, somehow, where Wisconsin might lose to Iowa or somebody they shouldn't. And Iowa's definitely going to lose to somebody they shouldn't. I mean, you look, they almost lost to uh, South Dakota State. Uh, so I, I feel like right now it's a Wisconsin Gophers, you know, head-to-head that's going to bring it down to the wire of who's going to win the West. So I got to go Gophers on that one. You know, it's interesting because I, I, I like the I, I like the Vikings opportunity this year. I think you we talked about earlier with the Packers and, um, you know, the loss, the loss of Devontae Adams. So they're, I think if there's going to be a year where um, they could come out of there and do something, I don't think the Lions are going to do anything yet. And I don't think there's anyone else, you know, so I think it'll be a challenge there. But I do come back to this is our year and the seniority that we have. It's kind of, you know, joking about those guys being there a long time. There's a benefit to Sori Marin, you know, being his fifth or sixth year. There's a benefit to mm -hmm. Tanner Morgan coming back, Ottman Bell, Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, Trey Potts, and the rest of those, and a couple offensive linemen. So there is, um, it would be really, really difficult for me to not believe that the this would be a year that the Gophers could truly win the West. And I do, Ron, I do agree 100% with that, uh, your analysis of that secondary. They're strong, they're fast, they're athletic, and they're deep. You know mm -hmm. the Michael Dixon yeah. kid. There's some there's some other kids out there that are that are playing well and can handle themselves well. They got some big, tough, fast linebackers on the inside too. So I think it's uh, this is the year uh, for the Gophers to win the West. Oh yeah, here we go, Big Ten championship. Here we come, and I'm definitely gonna make sure I can get there. Uh, but I want to thank Daryl Thompson for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank Sam. I want to thank Matt the Bricks uh, back there on the ones and twos. Uh, but before we get out of here, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and I talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives a sports anger's perspective on superior sports talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together all the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Just subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed on Locked 
onpodcast.com backslash Minnesota or wherever you find your podcast. And find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. I want to thank everybody for joining us and have a great day.